attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a certain group of comedians appearing this weekend at Weedonopolis are purely for entertainment and blatant self-promotional purposes only. Isn't that right, movie guys? Question. That's us. <laughs> Question. Are we movie guys or the movie guys for trademark purposes? Um, for trademark purposes, we're the movie the guys. The movie guys, okay. But you can call us movie, movie guys, guys if you're referring to us. Which is uh, real strange because I'm a chick. That is real strange. <laughs> well, guys is that kind of, you, you know, the uh, <laughs> sex. Really, movie pals might be, but but We're guys, like kinda, the movie friends. We're yeah. like superheroes. <laughs> yeah, we all combine, we combine to form something that is that can defeat uh, things better than we could like on our Voltron. own. Like yeah. a Voltron. Or a we sentence. can defeat being stuck in traffic. Together we can Together. eat a large popcorn. Individually we could not do that. <laughs> but I you wouldn't po- say, hey Paul Bart, Mike. why don't you come on over to the party and bring the and bring uh, the rest of movie guy, the rest of the movie guys. Yeah, I guess you would say, yeah, the, say movie. the movie guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring bring movie guys with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring <laughs> It could be any hodgepodge of folk at but that I d- point. I do want to uh, yes. make a clarification. It's Whedon Opolis. Correct. Because I've been telling people about this, and Uh-oh. they've all said the same thing. I didn't know you got high. Oh, Weedopolis. Weedopolis? <laughs> I'm not going to Weedopolis. I'm oh, going to Weedopolis. Just Weedin. Yeah, yeah that's Weedin, different. not weed. Although, you know, hey. I'm just saying. And if you it's don't, in Van Nuys. If you last week's show happen. or something, this is a all Joss Whedon fan convention mm-hmm. going on this weekend in Van Nuys at the Airtel Plaza Hotel. It's a we will fundraiser. be there hosting a panel, mm-hmm. doing our showcast, and then doing a comedy show on Saturday night. Yeah. So we will be doing for our comedy show. We will be doing the uh, what's the full title of it? The the superhero oh, peace, peace summit, summit and celebrity roast. and celebrity roast <laughs> featuring the Solomon Grundy dancers and, <laughs> and the Cher. Wonder Siamese and Charlie Callis <laughs> yeah. and the Wonder Triplets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's much going on with that, and um, it's a fairly inexpensive cons as they go. It's like yeah. 60, 80 bucks something, and you mm-hmm. go for the, all three days. All three days, yeah. and there'll be plenty of people from the Weed and Verse there. They're doing a prom. Yeah, on Saturday night after yeah, our show. Everybody will be dressing. And the, the whole DJ, everything's like the atmosphere. It's like the DJ club thing is for a reference to Angel, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And so they're having- You're inside all They're this. showing all the movies. They're showing Avengers. They're showing Ultron. They're yeah. showing uh, oh, Toy Story, you know, which yeah. is cool. Friday night, and this is hard to see, actually. This is good. Friday night is Star Wars, uh, the original trilogy, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi in their original form. They're calling it the Han Shot First the Han original Shot trilogy. First. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you went over how to say movie guys. Is it movie guys? Is it the movie guys? Well, <coughs> hey, you know what it is? <laughs> no, but it sounds it's delicious. It's a sound effect. It's an anniversary. Hey. Oh. We are now at 150 shows. Wow. This is number 150. It was really cheap champagne. Oh. <laughs> Holy moly, we have to do a good show And that's now. 150 since we entered the Admirals Club. Yeah. We had about a couple years before that. And three years to the show wow. in the Admirals Club. So if you what, gentlemen- Three years in this yeah. studio? In this space, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's about right. 50 a year, right? But You're 50 s- more were into syndication, so- I know, right? right? <laughs> then we're be able to buy a house. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what yeah. season are we? We need to make up seasons. I, I see know. people do that oh, now. But see, it's tough season? because we did two years live on stage. Yeah. We did five months at the Toad Hop Network. We mm. did 
you know, uh, sure, about it was only two five years of videos ball. before that. Yeah, we did. That two. definitely felt a lot longer. <laughs> <over> <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah, it's been burning here. That's because we had to go park in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that adds on a lot of time. Most of that time was walking to and from the car. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to play some highlights oh, from our three Ooh, years. Fun. Clip oh show? I didn't even know it was I coming. Know, it's clip show. Oh, we, so, we really should just pull a bunch of clips and sit and talk about them because there are funny stories behind all these. I, I've done that. Yeah. And here's Karen's finest moment in three years of the showcast. I got a lesbian thing going, and, and that's fine with me. There you go. That's yeah. all. That's it. But that's enough, right? Guess who else is fine I, with that, Karen? <laughs> Everybody, Everybody else. I think that was taken out of context. Bart, I don't have a clip of you, but I do have a clip of our guest, Judy Chaikin, who was on here. Remember the director of yeah. Girls, this is a great Girls quote. in the Band, this is a great uh, quote. talking about you. You're not sexist. You're enlightened. It's a big show for you. <laughs> I remember when that happened. It's a big show that for you. That is his ringtone on his phone. <laughs> that is the wizard giving the lion his courage or something. That's, a, <laughs> that's kind of an epic metal. No, no, there. that's my Match.com headline. <laughs> that's there why you the go. Yeah, tell me. I'll get excited. I'll hand you that clip should you need it for other purposes. Thank you. Purposes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Adam, oh, I remember once. Now, this isn't oh, from the showcast, but I had to go back to the videos to find this uh, clip, which <laughs> oh. I enjoy. Actually, one of the unique things about this movie is it's the first in, in uh, or it's this, it's uh, only the second in, okay, uh, very recently. Um. <laughs> only the Adam we know. Ah, well said. Adorable. Well said. I like how you fought for it for a second, then you just sort of yeah, let it just roll over. Not going to happen. Yeah. Good for you. And that's a lot more pressure because that's the live show. So you were Is that doing the live that? show? No, no, that was the videos. Oh, okay, oh, so That good. was cut out, too. Uh, that was an outtake, right? There's plenty of those that get I, cut out here. Yeah. Listen to me. Here's me oh, uh, from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. This is all in one show. And you have to run in when... It, I, that. Now, who wouldn't want to talk about this? That's not what I'm supposed to say. You! After his untimely death... <laughs> after the untimely death, which Jericho Apollo landmass... God! Son of a, we're almost done with the script! <laughs> All I hear are difficult lines that I wrote. <laughs> like, of course, nobody can say that. Who could say that? It sounded good when I thought it and then just wrote down what I was thinking. But, yeah. Paul, you Actually, just one sort of the unique of... things about this yeah. movie is it's the first in, in uh, or it's, this, it's uh, only the second in, okay. <laughs> okay. I love that. Okay. Talk okay. about pulling the curtain back on how the sausage is made. Oh, All right. the whole there audience. Yeah, they they see the show and they think it just comes out in one stream of consciousness, I but know. no. Yeah. So. If you're watching Vimeo, you can see the cross dissolves. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there you go. Uh, but hey, uh, let me welcome you to the movie showcast. Now starting our fourth season. Yeah, fine. Go for it. Why not? Whatever. Sure. But, that's but, how long a season is in podcasting. Fourth season. Wow. Can yeah. you believe it, Paul? Yeah. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire, which you've got to be. You go this long. Sure. Why not? Uh, things have taken a turn for the surreal. As you've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more. And you can expect that in the next hour plus as we broadcast from the Admirals Club, an oasis for weary travelers. Mm. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. Absolutely. Paul, no. I'm sorry. Um, Wednesdays is usually when I see my pimp and get paid out <laughs> for the yes. weekend. Is he being fishy? But I don't have any cash on me at uh -oh. the moment. I understand how the pimp in life works, yeah, Bart. Yeah. Uh, you're talking to one who knows. One has been there. So I'm feeling you. So yep. this show, yes. yeah. free. Oh, what? Don't worry <laughs> about, Dodged a bullet there. Don't worry about not having any money. That goes for everybody. Yeah? We're not, I'm not charging. None of us have to see our pimps before we come to this show? Mm. That's Talk about bad business models. That's three years of not charging for any of this entertainment. <laughs> 
Uh, my pimp no pimp have would it. let us get away with that. <laughs> yeah. no, we I don't even take a cut of Weedonopolis because that whole thing's for charity and yeah. it's only right. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and we encourage you to follow us on social media at the Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, which is also free. And please get interactive. Just got a new review on iTunes, so keep oh, those coming. We and appreciate it. Actually, also, uh, I'm going to interrupt here and just say that Paul and I are working on um, something in October. We're going to go back to Jamestown, New York, where some of the people here are listening. We are broadcasting We are there. broadcasting yes. from there, and we're going to do something where we can kind of open it up and maybe talk to some of the filmmakers that are local. Oh, so great. if anybody would like to reach out to us, we're going to start now telling people about it, so you'll have time. Just write to us at movieguys.net and tell us if you want to come see us, record the show, if we could hang out, we could talk movies with you. Just now, get is involved. It movieguys.net or themovieguys.net? I, I don't know. It's both. So ah, <laughs> good. So, anybody good in Jamestown who wants to talk to us and get a conversation going about what movies you're working on or even coming to watch us record the show, please do. We'd love to start that conversation. Yeah, cool. Adam, Bart, Paul, or Karen at themovieguys.net. Yep. Not all those. Pick your pick yeah, the just write to me, Karen at themovieguys.net. Uh, basically, She's search the movie guys on Yahoo, Google, or Bang! Bang! and we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest Still working funny. comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. A lot can happen over the year. You could come back next fall, a completely normal person. Adam Witt. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. And Karen Volpe. Gee, I'm really sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. <laughs> This week's guest is the producer, director, and co-writer of The Ghastly Love of Johnny X <gasps> and a true lover of movies. So there'll be much to talk about with Paul Bunnell. A real filmmaker. A filmmaker. Actual uh, filmmaker, yes. yeah. Shot on film. Yeah, yep. we're going to hear about that. And also, as ever, we bring you... Movie Previews. So please come to us every week. We're here for you, and we'll let you know what's up with all the new releases hitting the multiplex. This week, two diverse new films. Money Monster. Oh, that must be the big screen adaptation of the Pentagon budget that increases exponentially in size every time a presidential candidate says we've got a defense. Well, we'll find out. And of course, later in the show... Do you know the Indians that used to live around here thought this place was haunted? Legend says that the guardians of their spirit world lived in the rocks and the trees. That one day, they're going to come back into our world. Don't be a jerk. Like, I didn't mean anything by it. Mikey knows that. That noisy part in the trailer were the words, God can't help you. Just stealing a little slogan from the Trump campaign. <laughs> Mm, nice. Just saying. Uh, That's yeah, I think they stole the whole thing from the Trump campaign because they're calling them Indians. <laughs> they're not even calling them Native Americans. I know. <laughs> you know, I heard an interesting. These Indians are always hassling us. The people in the poltergeist house. Enough Indians. Enough with the Indians. They're the God. new bad guy of ghosts. If they were still around, we wouldn't have this trouble. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's the fact that they're dead. They can now haunt. <laughs> yeah, they uh. come back. Uh, George Carlin always had an interesting thing about how we should call black people black people and an Indians uh, Indian. If you attach the word American to either of those people, it's like, is there a culture that's been more horrible to either of them? Yeah, maybe, I don't want that. Maybe not be associated with the people that <laughs> yeah. were using them and slaves and killing them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, more Blumhouse stuff, so the darkness uh, is... Also, it made me... Yeah, I, I realized I like today when I was watching the trailer, when Blumhouse appro appeared on screen, I mm -hmm. went, well, of course, it's been a couple of months. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? That's interesting because... Gotta do my well. quarterly taxes. In the fall, <laughs> in the fall was like one every week. So yeah. actually taking a break means I welcome them back. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I mean, it looks really creepy. A new story that I've never heard before, but at the same time... Well, the idea that it's with the um, the Indians and, and it's it's... 
supernatural out in the country, but that's not a oh, wooded no. area. No, no. They, they bring it home. Oh, they that's, do. That's yeah. the slogan. But, <laughs> Evil comes home. Yeah. Which, but what I mean like is normally when we're outside, it doesn't look like the Grand Canyon when we're being haunted. Mm. I thought that was new. Hey, this is a cursed artifact, so do whatever you want with that. Oh, I'll take it home. <laughs> hey, look what happened to Greg Brady. Good going. Exactly. <laughs> our first, our first <laughs> film of the week, though, let's go back to the other one. It stars two big box office draws and the star of Unbroken. It's about mm. the U.S. financial structure. No doubt it's called Broken. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Well, no. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's called Money Monster. Karen, let's talk about it. I was looking for a Cookie Monster drop and I couldn't find one. Fans of Home for the Holidays, get excited as this is directed by Jodie Foster. Bart can't handle it. <laughs> cannot handle it. The Beaver good. director brings us a movie ripped from today's and yesterday's other movie scripts, putting a bit of a spin on the 1976 classic Network, where instead of a television studio killing a man because his ratings were lousy, a viewer takes the television personality hostage because the programming has ruined his life. Eh, tomato, tomato. Clooney plays Bart Gates. I'm sorry, Lee Gates. <laughs> Easy mistake. A financial television personality that doles out bad stock tips on television on behalf of a corrupt and rigged banking system, all in the hopes of duping the American people into thinking that the American dream still exists. No, this is not a documentary. Hmm. Now, usually lying to the American people wouldn't be a problem because, well, that's just how we do things nowadays. Sure. But every once in a while, some Second Amendment-loving good old boy, in this case Kyle Budwell, played by Jack O'Connell, takes exception with being <laughs> deceived. The nerve of this guy. He's convinced the system is rigged, but that's only because he's been paying attention. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And then watchable television breaks out on CNBC <laughs> when... Much like a Bernie Sanders supporter, Kyle turns to violence in order to demonstrate his outrage, taking Gates hostage on live television, much to the delight of everyone watching. Equal time. Sanders joke. Uh, <laughs> with his very own TV station, he does what any of us would and reenacts the Mr. T episode of Different Strokes. <laughs> then what should I do? Do? Man, don't do anything. If a girl don't like you, huh, that's her loss. I'm sure you'll find plenty that will. You really think so? Hey, I'm positive. So you just be yourself and play it cool and let the chicks fall where they may. <laughs> and he does that with George Clooney. Oh, awesome. Okay. I'm, now I'm in. <laughs> Clooney plays Lee Gates, like Jim Cramer in every way, except employing Cramer's trademark chubby dislikability. Less than two minutes into this trailer, it seems like Clooney goes from being Cramer to being Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. I've heard about market volatility, but come on. <laughs> Wanting in on Scarlett Johansson's territory, Julia Roberts plays the voice in a man's head as ah. Gates' producer, talking into his earpiece. Wait a minute, Julia Roberts being authoritative and in charge? Anyone who can get out, get out right now. Do not look up. Do not make eye contact. Just go. Lee, stay calm. I'm right here. And George Clooney being goofy and spastic? Should I unload? Get some balls! Man up! Movie, you got this all wrong. Go back and try again. We'll wait. And when you come back, you better be calling yourself Oceans something.
<laughs> now, clearly, this is a very serious film because Bruce Springsteen is singing about a gun. I got my finger on the trigger. I'm telling you, it's rigged. The whole damn thing. But I don't know who to trust. They're stealing everything from us and they're getting away with it, too. How's that even fair? That's right. The weightiness of any movie can be easily measured by the choice of Springsteen music in the trailer. Because if this were a comedy, we would hear... There was 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. Oh, one last thing. Yes. This 98-minute movie takes place in real time, like the TV show 24 or season 3 of the 2016 presidential campaign. <laughs> Paul, I think that campaign is taking place in slower than real time. You're probably right. <laughs> Now, if Jodie Foster isn't busy directing a movie, is the Julia Roberts part played by her in this movie? Man, we, she didn't sound no. just like her when she yeah. started talking. Good point. She hasn't been in anything since Elysium. And then The Beaver before that, so it's like five years ago, like two movies where she's acted, and now she's yeah. directing. She's not doing much nowadays. Yeah. I think she directed kind of some retired. episodes of Orange is the New Black. Oh, that makes no, no. I saw where you were going with it. Okay, look. <laughs> Sorry. There's lesbians in uh, yeah, Orange is the New yeah, Black, we, right? Well, she's a lesbian. Right. I'm not, I'm not right. far afield, right? Oh, well, she probably... And she's a director and there's actors. It makes a lot of sense. She's been go. to jail. I meant, what I meant was she's been, she's to, been jail. to jail. <laughs> I nope. want, okay, I want to see this movie. She's done I, drugs. Do yes, it's She's done drugs. Well, you first of all, <laughs> I want to see this movie because I love Julia Roberts, and I'm so glad she's back, and she's not making herself look bad and dumb on purpose. I don't know what's going on there. She looks like a normal person. She's not like, I'm wearing a crazy wig that's orange. Why? What? I love Julia Roberts. I love Mother's George Day. Clooney. Oh, okay. Yeah, and before that, she She was dowdy yeah. in August, Osage County. Yeah. But now she just looks a normal person. Like, I would think a, she might look in life. I would say yeah. Julia Roberts is a very normal looking person. Yes. And then George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney is fantastic. And I do think he's going to be really funny playing this character that. Oh, I didn't think. Ah! The three seconds I saw him trying to be goofy and funny and. Outrageous just didn't work. Oh, but that's what's so great about these guys is I don't I, find Don't look those... at me. I'm a fan of Batman and Robin. <laughs> I got like, how far would he have to go with his performance to offend me? I think that <laughs> those enough. kinds of characters aren't... I just hope that that his charm bleeds over into their, those kind of characters because whenever I watch like someone like that on television, I, 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 they make me crazy because they're so charming and I think that's why he might mm. pull it off. Well, I don't like the fact that it seems like at the... Somewhere along the line, George isn't the bad guy that yeah. he's set up to be at the beginning. You know, he's yeah, he's yeah. set he to be this the guy. Yeah, and he's yeah. and he's being duped too. And I don't know what's going on. And yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. in this together now. Yeah, they always have to have <laughs> trap doors for all those things. Yeah, ah, secretly. Yeah, because America so doesn't want to see George Clooney be a big jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe he has it regarding Henry. You know, gets shot in the head, learns a lesson. <laughs> oh, is there a puppy <laughs> in During it? During all this, he'll figure out maybe I shouldn't be. <laughs> Only a, if there's a dog a in it. That'll teach you getting shot in the head. <laughs> Come on, but Julia Roberts. I, I really want to see it too. Me, it's just like super high pedigree. Yeah. Uh, Whenever a movie keeps reminding me of how well all the actors have done it, have done in this movie in other movies. Yeah. Look, we were really good in this other one. <laughs> you should come watch this one. <laughs> should I? Should I movie? I, and, and you know, edgy material in the summer. I like when people do that. You know, this could have come out in, at Christmas. I have the same one of the same problems I have uh, with Avatar when they had uh, no, you can't have him or don't touch my yeah. mineral <laughs> unobtainium. Unobtainium. <laughs> the guy's name is Kyle Budwell. Yeah. How about how about uh, Ron Papsman <laughs> or Mike Bierman? I get it. I get that 
Oh, Kyle Budwell. Budwell. Like, Bud, like Budweiser? Yeah, he's like Joe Sixpack. Oh, I didn't even not <laughs> think of that, dude. Bud Budwell uh, would not be, though. You know what's interesting yeah. is that actor is British, and he's playing- Jack O'Connell? Yeah, I think, right? I'm pretty sure, because I was looking uh, his British birthday British with an Irish today. name, playing a playing Boston a, Southie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's I was range. looking up his birthday today, and I think he's from England. Hmm. Wow. I liked him in Unbroken. One of the things I did like about that movie that otherwise was just okay. I'll, I'll was put that down again? in case of retraction. Angelina Jolie. Uh, direct, directs a movie about a guy <laughs> <laughs> who gets captured in POW oh, camp. Yeah, 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 yeah thank you, right. Adam. I was going to say, I'd, I'm still thinking M. Night Shyamalan, and I know that's not right. That's she's only directable. Angelina Jolie's only directed like two movies, so yeah. I thought maybe it would pop in but, there, but no. Another reason that year for the Oscars was terrific because that's the year Birdman and everything won. Yeah. And those typical ones like that one is like, dude, all I got to do is get a guy on an island starving and I'm ready to accept <laughs> and then he goes my to a award. POW camp. It is yeah, exactly. Everything's wrong with him. And he, and he was abused Buying as a my kid. Tux. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you scroll further down the credits, you're going to see uh, Matt Walton, Kate McGee, and Poon Bandu. They mm -hmm. play, and this is how it's, uh, the credits were submitted to IMDb. An anchorman, another anchorman, and... Yet another anchor man. Uh, Imagine that's your credit. Yet another anchor man. I would love that. I would have that all over my resume. It's like the movie guys wrote the credits for the. <laughs> Yet another anchor man number two. <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, throw another one in there. But, um, and, and another thing I should point out. Well, this is out, Get Clear of Civil War week, of course. We, oh, we, forgot, to, we a, forgot to say that at the top. Yeah, this, yeah, this Civil is Civil War went the box office audience. again. So There's a reason, huh? What? The movie is out this week. Like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's out this out? week. Okay. Yeah, he was that born That was its in... working title. Uh, uh, okay. He was born in Derby, England. Jack O'Connell. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. That also sounds like a made-up place in England. <laughs> it's Mother's English. <laughs> right? Derby. <laughs> I'm from Derby. <laughs> like you're trying to fit in at a party because you're a spy, but you say you're from Britain, <laughs> but you don't know any place. You're like, I'm from Derby. Turns out uh, oh, Derby. <laughs> Jack O'Connell was born in Potato, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Wheat, Ohio. Wheatfield, Ohio. I think he's from Wheatfield, Ohio. And I just want to point out the uh, the last time we or the first time we we did an equal time joke during mm, this because yeah. we goof on Trump and then Sanders. We you know we mm. spread it around. Mm -hmm. But um, the first time we did that October, they both do it themselves. Well. Twenty fifteen. Oh wow! So just to let you know, the first oh. joke we made about this was still a year oh. before. It's been going on a long time. And we've got another. Seven months. Well, I'm surprised you guys want to see this because I just don't see anything about it. I think it looks exciting. I'll be okay. seeing Civil War again instead of this. Yes. Yeah. It made me go back and watch a bunch of network clips. Hmm. Which is that's a good. Yeah. That's a good movie. It that made me want to see a good movie. Yeah. Those ah! are good burgers. This trailer made me want to go watch a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll meet on the other side. Hey, that's of still service. That's yeah. still a service provided. But basically, right? Bart, you're not going to any movie, <laughs> so of course you're not going to this movie. We'll tell you how it is. All right. All right, our next film of the summer weekend comes uh, from the modern master of paranormal suspense, Jason Blum, producer of The Conjuring, mm -hmm. The Purge, The Visit, and The Insidious <laughs> movies. <laughs> it's The Darkness. Bart, let's give it a once-over. Here we go. Touching you. <laughs> I'm not going to cut that up before he does it. The darkness is said to be based on actual <laughs> events that go a little something like this. <clears throat> While hiking through the Grand Canyon, Mikey and the other people he's with come across an ancient Indian burial site or something. 
And as a souvenir of their trip, Mikey takes... Oh, I know. He takes, uh, I just got back from the Grand Canyon, and all I got was this lousy Supernatural Presence t-shirt. Uh, no, it's a rock. Oh. He takes a rock or two home with him. Unfortunately, it turns out... Mikey has taken home more than just a rock. I know, Paul. He took home the Hantavirus. No. <laughs> well, he's in the desert. That's where you get the, the, the stones. The stones Paladon, are cursed Paladon. or haunted or something, so he, he took home some evil spirits. Are you sure, Paul? Because sometimes the Hantavirus can look a lot like evil spirits. It's not the Hantavirus. All right, if you're sure. Yeah, look, to sum it up, Mikey brings home a cursed Indian stone from the Grand Canyon in what sounds like an adaptation of two episodes of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> The evil comes home. We have tagline. Yeah. To inhabit the li- <laughs> The evil come home comes home to inhabit the lives of Bronny and Peter Taylor, played by Radha Mitchell and Kevin Bacon, in a role that has become his trademark: moderately priced male actor. Hmm. Seems like a long route for ancient evil to get to Kevin Bacon when they could have just gotten to him through Dan Hedaya, who was in Nixon with J.T. Walsh, who was in A Few Good Men with Kevin Bacon. Unbelievable. <laughs> now, the family starts finding black handprints all over their white household in a subtext for gentrification that no grad student, I'm sure, is to miss. And just like my parents, the Taylors don't buy the kids' excuse that the black handprints all over the walls were left by a malevolent spirit. Well, that does it, Paul. I've had enough of these scary movies. Let me guess. Somebody's possessed. Well, yes. And it's a child who lives in a house with his parents. A child that lives in his house and has parents. Wow, good guess there. Yeah, and the parents begin to notice the child is acting strangely lately. Michael's been acting strangely. Again, not sure you can be too critical of that. I mean, all kids act strangely. They're kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and then some black stuff comes out of his mouth. Sweetie, don't put your hands in this, honey. You're leaving my... Black stuff comes out of his mouth. All right, I see your point. This movie is a little played out and seems full of cliche, scary moments like crawling backwards up the stairs, drooling black goo from the mouth, and starring Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Okay, point well made. Now, to say that darkness or nothing new, the movie is hitting the big screen is kind of like saying Kevin Bacon is starring in it. This movie doesn't so much hit the big screen as it's simply on it, and Kevin Bacon doesn't really star in it so much as he's simply in it. Sorry, movie, and Kevin Bacon, you both had it coming. You're scaring him. He's scaring me. Well, at least somebody's being scared by this movie, because I doubt it's going to be the audience. Oh, the zing! Bart is down on this week's movies. You nailed it. These are both horrible movies. (laughs) This this also might be... I mean, this is Get Out of Civil War. Yeah. You know, it's got to go... Yeah. My impression of of this trailer, the impression I got from watching this trailer, is I've just seen this enough. Mm -hmm. I've just seen all of it enough. I, I need a break from it. You know, the, the two-month Blumhouse rotation is up too much because there's only so much you can do with this genre, I really believe. I would have said that as well. And then, because of Movie Pass, I decided, you know, I never <laughs> see these. And I love Jason Blum's movie, or Blumhouse uh, Productions movies because they all ace their, their – they're, they're the new face of horror. You know, like the horror comes along and, like, scream, and then everything becomes that, and I know what you did last summer mm-hmm. for a while. And then it dies out. And now it's, like, after Paranormal Activity. Like, this has really kind of taken a hold of it because even – James Wan from the Saw movies is doing Conjuring, and so this is like the horror campus going on there. So I, I would have agreed with you, but then I, because of Movie Pass, I went to one I would have never thought that was just like a sort of cast off, thrown out there, February type movie, and that was The Gallows. And they ace their 
they're what they're trying to do as it's sort of mode of shocking you. Like the the hallways are dark, you constantly can't see in front of you, and that's the whole movie, and it's nerve wracking. So it's like, although guaranteed, guaranteed the little black things are coming out of the wall. Like that happens in every movie. Yeah. There's nothing there, and there's something there. Nothing there, and something there. Turn the light on. Turn the light off. Turn the light on. Turn the light off. Creepy kids hey, singing. Yeah, that's what's it. Just, is the uh, you just made me realize that in the eighties. Horror movies and then Scream kind of revised this mm-hmm. a little bit because they were making fun of those 80s movies. Is that the women were always scantily clad and they were mm-hmm. running around and they were screaming. We don't get that so much anymore. We get no, families. Another reason not to go. <laughs> <laughs> but as a woman, it's kind of interesting. I don't miss that because that wasn't the reason I went, but it's kind of refreshing that. The fathers are scared. It's not a bunch of dumb people. Usually it's parents and they're pretty smart, but nobody can figure out what the problem is. And it's not, again, a bunch of naked people running around. It's a kid. It's in your house. That's creepy. What's funny is the horror movies of the 80s tracked closely along with the uh, teen movie boom, the teen sex comedy boom. Yeah, exactly. It was big at that time. So that that was a natural uh, sort of thing. I don't know what these are sort of. (laughs) Weedonopolis just jumped at you. So my question to Adam is, is, is... The difference between a good one or the difference between any one of these and another one of these, the story behind it, because the no, tropes it's execution are, is it scene the, by scene. But yeah. the tropes Plain are all simple. the same, right? Yeah, they black goo crawling yeah. up backwards. Oh, sure. yeah. So yeah. that's all the same. So where they the presentation ex- changes. Okay, so it's how they execute yeah. all the same things that I've seen before. This one's got some Temple of Doom stuff going on because it's got oh. these rocks, right? You yeah. bring them together, and it's you know, oh, yeah. except they got chakra bring, stones. They're they're. Uh, <laughs> but Temple. when you bring them together here, it's good. And. Mm. I mean, sorry, in Temple of Doom, it's good. You bring them together here, it's the end of society. Right Spoiler alert, though, probably yes. the scariest thing I noticed is uh, Paul Reiser's in this movie. Hello. So, is he? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever like come across Paul Reiser when yeah. you're not expecting Paul Reiser. You're like, what the hell's he doing? Whiplash. Like, like at Vons, yeah. you mean? Whiplash, though, was the, yeah, that was a yeah. good... Uh, but I was surprised. Mark's right. Paul Reiser? <laughs> like, oh, well, All right. geez, that, that doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> exactly. But I'm afraid it might take some of our viewers out of the movie, so I wanted to let you know there is a Paul Reiser in this movie. It should be added to a Thank you. Thank it, you. Should be, it should be PG-13 for something violence, brief nudity, and an appearance by Paul Reiser. <laughs> PR, yeah, 13. Uh, by the way, you just mentioned the gallows. That's another of the the darkness, the conjurer. The, the gallows. Purge, oh, the I for, yeah. I, I'm underversed on Blumhouse, although I loved uh, The Gift and The Visit, so maybe yeah. I just need to see some more. Oh, The Gift. The, the Gift. I mean, they really, they really pull off some fun Hitchcock That was things, really good. Right? Yeah, but that was that Jason was Bateman, right? Yeah, Jason yeah. Bateman. But that's a completely different movie. That's not yeah, a scary movie. I mean, it's a oh, suspense yeah, thriller. It it's suspense, but it's not yeah, haunted. Suspense. It's not a haunting no, movie. No, no, no. Yeah. But, th- but I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, these movies play individual games yeah. that are besides that. That's sort of like the... But, like, like a perfect example is... Uh, what's the um, the one with the film projector? Oh, I'm talking to myself here. Because uh, it's not Insidious. Sinister. Or, Sinister. Yeah. Yeah, I get those two confused. We previewed them all here, so yeah, we know <laughs> we know the movies. I just sadly we haven't seen them. No, yeah. no, I should see more. But uh, that one has a, a great game as well. Anyway, they, they all have this kind of fun little play. Yeah, but true, the gift was not supernatural, so I don't know. But I do like that, yeah, because yeah, whenever you were little... watching it, you weren't sure if what was happening, like why it was mm-hmm. happening. True, same and I, visit. And I do like, I like when it visit isn't supernatural, oh, and it does have it. a, oh, you haven't. Yeah, oh my no, goodness. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I do like that 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 is happening in these movies too. That genre is changing a little bit to the point where it's not just supernatural; it has a reason. And then when you hear the reason, you're just like, "Wow, anything crazy could happen at any time." Yeah. Uh, the movie looks scary, but the Hanta virus. What are you talking about? <laughs> that looks. I just know that? really scary. I just know that's one of the things you can get when you're out in the desert. Yeah. When you're out in what? Grand Canyon, 
you come across uh, droppings of you know field mice and squirrels and varmint. Well, yeah, just it's something what? you catch is the joke. Yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just—I've never heard of it. So <laughs> oh, no, no, you haven't. Really? Now I'm oh, afraid I'm going to yeah. catch it everywhere no, I go. It's, it's, you know, it's one of these new things yeah, now. It's like I'm bird get, flu, one of those. Things, yeah, right? it was a big deal uh, several years ago in Southern California because all these, uh, all the varmint were pooping everywhere, and people were, uh, you know, more cats. Let's get more yeah, cats. Yeah, on yeah exactly. Let's get cats so. on the job. <laughs> you not, not not heard of the haunted? I have not heard. No, of it. Okay. Yeah, that no. sounds awful. Wouldn't it be great if there were stampedes of cats? Like we we sent cats to get rid of all these things, but then you, the danger was once you're in the desert, sometimes there'd be a stampede. <laughs> and it just, cats coming at you. I thought you, we would do Zika virus, cause, but then Zika. I looked it up and went, no, haunted virus is accurate, yeah. and I haven't heard of it. So why aren't I more scared? It was a desert uh, association there because you get it out. In no, the well, well yeah. played. Well, why don't all the people that go to that Burning Man get it? Yeah, they should. They should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll learn them. Right? No, you're thinking of herpes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. According to Wikipedia, you can also get that in the desert, I guess. And this is a, this is on Wikipedia. The darkness is based on what are said to be actual events. <laughs> oh my God, that's a cra- that's so awesome. <laughs> that is such a word salad. Yeah. That sounds like me talking about, like when I'm in seventh grade and I go, all right, so Paul, I think that Susan likes you because she was looking at you (laughs) and I'm pretty sure she was happy about it. Well, it's interesting you should say that because it does bring up the question, Yes. what the hell does that mean? (laughs) Here at the movie, guys, we sympathize with your confusion and so we offer you a fuller explanation. A lot of people don't know there is an actual scale created by the Hollywood Bureau of Standards and Measures which lays out specific guidelines for each level of accuracy from true story to total BS. For example, the Danny Boyle James Franco film 127 Hours is an example of a true story without even cutting out the parts where he pees. The music got dark. Sorry, I turned that off. Because of this, studios I did too. <laughs> Because of this, studios prefer the vaguer term based on a true story. Uh-huh. How true is a film that's based on a true story? Well, True enough, as this category covers your beautiful minds, your dog day afternoons, and more recent Oscar winners like The King's Speech and The Social Network. All films that started out as true stories mm-hmm. and then ended up profitable. <laughs> A step beyond this, it's inspired by true events. Ah. This allows more wiggle room yet. The only promise this title guarantees is that somebody got inspired by some story at some point. It's a promise that the things you are seeing happen on screen have some sort of real-life parallel, but the film has no responsibility to tell you which ones, or how much of them, or how young Pocahontas really was. (laughs) Then there's the slightly more respectable, although a bit murkier, based on inspiring details recounted about a true event. Oh, that's yes. This is when a writer overhears the telling of a true incident at a loud bar, causing him to conceive a story out of misunderstood details. Ah. I have a pet theory that this is how Stallone came up with Rocky. He really thought he was just making the story of Rocky Marciano. <laughs> now, this is a le- this level, actually, is a step above theorized about the true musings concerning a story. This is where the writer diligently conducts detailed background research and interviews related to an actual event, only to disregard it in favor of a plot line that will allow for more breasts. Porky's, originally based on a murder of three civil rights workers in Mississippi, is an example of this. Hey, but this is not to be confused with the similar made up about true events, which is where the writer conducts no background research at all before blatantly coming up with his own story. This is your Citizen Canes, your Inglorious Bastards, and maybe the Mosquito Coast, but who wants to go back and watch that again? I agree. And rounding out the list as it descends into pure fiction are the further categories of based on the testimony of a real guy who wasn't there, 
rumored of by an undisclosed source who supposedly knows someone involved, and recounted to a forgetful person who has something against the person he's telling it to. <laughs> All of which apply to JFK. Yes. Which leaves three last categories, based on a prophecy, as told to Alex Haley, and based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. <laughs> All of which apply to one movie apiece. So far, 2012 is the only film based on a prophecy. But with all the success it, it achieved, I'm sure it won't be the last. Thank you for that. And now you're all a little bit more well-misinformed. There you go. Thank you. That was a lot of oh, nonsense. Audience came out that was a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Well, we do that here. Enough of this nonsense. New nonsense awaits just oh, around okay. the corner with our guest, Paul Bunnell. We'll Yay! talk to him after 10 seconds of break. Stay tuned. We are back with this week's special guest, a filmmaker and dancer, <laughs> whose most recent movie is The yeah. Ghastly Love of Johnny X, a sci-fi, musical, throwback, adventure, kind of indescribable movie starring Will Keenan that has a great story. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's talk about it with Paul Bunnell. <laughs> you know... Uh, <clears throat> It's a sincere sensation to be here, and I just want to say, you know, uh, I wait. I wanted to wait 150 shows to make sure this thing was, you know, catching on before I, <laughs> before I, you, I, you know, enough, did the see? show. So I thought, well, what the heck? I'll You're give jumping it a into a well-oiled machine. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> with your you know? weight. Well, you got to watch the first half. We clearly haven't ironed out all the wrinkles there. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Speaking of wrinkles, who does makeup on the show? You know? I know, right? It's right. all done you in need post. To dab, yeah, do you right. need to be dabbed? Earl Scheib does my makeup job, you know. He'll I, paint can't, any, I can't dab that. Your He'll face. paint any face any color for only ninety nine ninety five. I don't know if you remember. That's a very I old do. Movie. That is. Yes, right. anyway. Speaking of old stuff, yes. uh, during our break, ah. you said uh, <clears throat> you used to do what we're doing here <clears throat> on the phone. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the technology's phone. changed. Here's the Paul thing. would just call people one at a time and go, hey, <laughs> you got an hour and a half? Check it out. You should go see Last Starfighter. You know, it's interesting, yes. I did uh, I did this thing on the show. Well, you got him going, I'll tell you that, you know. If I ever need a laugh track, I'll that make sure and hire you. That was you. good. Oh that Follow was you around. That was the perfect movie and just a nice, just a little dramatization where one line Paul went into the sketch of that, the sketch of that moment and just said that. Sorry, it struck me funny. So what was this all about, Paul? Well, it was about 15 minutes. Wow. No, I, actually, I did this thing, which before there was the uh, World Wide Web, you know, the internet. Mm, yes. We did something on the telephone. We did a thing called, uh, I did a thing called the movie line. And I was uh, the movie maker. And we would have people in those. character. This was an underground thing that, you know, a telephone entertainment. And people would call in these phone lines. They had joke lines. They had comment lines and all kinds. They had sex lines. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. I've heard of that. <laughs> so, so basically, I ran the movie line, and uh, people would call in and leave comments, and I would put them in the show, edit them. And the show was about 20, 30 minutes, and you could hear it on the telephone. You'd call up the number, and you'd oh. listen on the phone. Oh, my word. And, 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 you know, I had these relays and things playing the thing, wow. and I hosted 156 shows. So you've almost got me oh, beat. Oh, well, let's, wow. let's go yeah, for we're that. Out, you well, know? We're not stopping so until wait, we break that number. And then people would call a special people, 900 number? No, well, it wasn't. It, it, was, it, was, it was an underground thing. It was Ooh. like uh, only us. Uh, we called ourselves phone gods, you know. Wow. This is and, awesome. Uh, this is yeah. what a great underground. I, I, I love This, this was totally underground. It actually goes back to the 60s with phone freaks. Phone freaks used to go in and hack. They were the original hackers. Oh and they, they would go awesome. in and they would hack, you know, find out how to make free phone calls long distance. Okay, Brilliant. but but me, I was 
kind of not a phone freak. I was more of a phone personality. Mm-hmm. I started by calling other people's lines, and I would be a guest star. And then I finally started running my own Brilliant. line because wow. I loved movies, and I was the yeah. only guy to have the movie line. This is uh, do you know people make you make money by how and, long people listen? Is it uh, like that? No, no. Back in the day, this was more of just a thing that you did for free because I was, I was wow. dumb. Paul, talk you know? about a business model that doesn't make any money, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, but then let's talk about my movie if you want to talk about that. You know, wait, so seventeen bucks. You know? <laughs> wait, so the. Uh, the, you you blew by that there's a comment line. Yes. So that's just so like, they can, people can leave okay. messages. Okay. I like your shirt. Well, I mean, what is like no? There were, there were two phone numbers. <laughs> One phone number you call to hear the show. The other yeah. phone number you call and leave you know a, a message. Oh, you leave oh, a comment. I thought it was just people so, giving comments. No, it was like basically I would edit in movie reviews and then I would review movies. I would have skits. I would be doing nonsense. And you know, I'd, I'd go to like this. yeah. Basically, like a, yeah, it was the right. original podcast. Yeah, really, before there were podcasts, and I was doing it. Wow. You know, I mean, as an underground thing, kind of in a way like this, but not. You know, you guys are, you know, you guys are well, more legit. That's, that's like the vinyl oh, sure. of you know. That's like the vinyl of podcasts. It's would uh, be hip to do now. Right? And you know, I got all these old shows, and it's really a trip to hear them because you know I'm talking the early '80s here. You know when I did. Yeah. This. So you were doing movies wow. like one of my favorite movies, Ghostbusters. So yeah, actually, I I the studios would send me reel to reel. Tapes of the radio spots, and I would put them in the show. Wow. And I have the Ghostbusters spot. What the hell is going on? You really yeah. did do yeah, this I really, show, I really did this but show. on vinyl. I did like yeah. <laughs> sort of, yes. Real to real tape. I would record on real to real. 15 IPS and I do edits and you know crazy songs and skits and wow. well anyway wow. let's let's talk Wait, about movies. Wait, you have movies. an archive of these? I do. Actually, oh, I yes. got to We got to hear. Will you let us play a clip? Of Maybe these a best of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to do that. That, I, that, that is amazing. Sounds just like us without poopy jokes. There you go. Well, you know, we were uncensored, so we can pretty much do anything. Yeah, that's right. Does the FCC even cover that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Know, they uncovered us, as a matter of fact, you know. Ooh, but like it, they pump up the volume. It was run around in I used to love to do it, you know. I mean, it was fun, and, you know, that it was a creative cool. outlet, but I really, what I really wanted to do was direct. So, ah, you know. yes, just like Jodie Foster. Yes. When I was in college, we did uh, serials on our outgoing yeah. answering oh, machine. So when you good. called our house, yeah. you'd, we wouldn't you pick up. Chapter. And then we'd give you like a two-minute... They two would minute, do dudes and capes. Dudes and capes <laughs> superhero story. Oh, yeah, Captain yeah. Bludgeon and uh, right. Allergy Man and all these guys. They always have yeah. adventures. And then you call back the next week to see what happens oh, next. Since we never answered our phone. It only uh, bothered parents because if his mom was calling to just leave a message and say, Paul, call me back, you know, whatever... She would have to listen about eight minutes of that, <laughs> then say, Paul, it's your mother. And it was awesome. Yeah. You know, that'd be a great way. I wonder if you, I wonder how much it costs now to get a phone tree. If someone called in and you could do a choose your own adventure in analog <laughs> like your show. It was crazy. I mean, there were so many people. I mean, there were a number of people doing it. Nice. And again, it was very underground, you know, yeah. and, and we were like little mini celebrities and we would use different oh, names. You ever slide over and do the sex line just for a night? You know, that one was called Freaky Phone. Okay. What? I'm not kidding you. Freaky wow, phone wow, wow. was the one where people would call up and leave sexual comments. <laughs> and, you gotta, know, it, oh, screenplay. and then there were conferences. There were call. There were conferences where people could call in and get like five or ten people. You know, just conferences. You know, conference lines. Yeah. And you would just talk. You would meet anonymous people yeah. on on the telephone wow. and have conversations. <laughs> and every now and again, I'd pop in there and say, "Hey, this is Paul Mack, the movie maker." You know, wow. I used to go by that name. You know, are they going 
getting sexy? And, and, and hey, it's Paul. Everybody. I was such a Go nerd. Go see Made to Order. Oh, awesome. Nobody cared about me. You know, I was just but, but a this, nerd. But there's you know? so many audio collectors. Do you know audio yeah. collectors and stuff? This is like legendary type stuff. The, yeah, this this kind of reminds me of the subculture. There's a documentary about like people who would it, trade tapes. It really is just a subculture, and they yeah. should do. I mean, they've done. They wow. uh, wrote a book about it like years ago, and I was actually featured in the book. But what is the book called? Anyway, so yeah, there's that. Well, I just wanted to establish what kind of movie guy you are. You are a legit movie. I am. I, I did the reviews Solid. and I loved. I used to go to movies. I still do. You know, go to a lot of movies and review them and uh, enjoy them and talk about them just like you guys. So of course you've made a movie if you're, you're that. I, I made a motion. Right, so let's get on to it. The yes. ghastly Segway. love of Johnny X. Yes, <laughs> ghastly indeed. Now you led with That's it that it made a hundred and seventeen dollars. Now it wait a minute. Let's be fair. Now eighty six on opening night. Okay. <laughs> wow. I was actually going to boost your spirits even more because by the time it came, the, when it came out, it played one screen. Yeah. The Avengers that year made about $1.5 billion. Did it open the same weekend? No, the same year. Oh, Here's the, here's the thing. Close enough. Yes. But but I want to I keep going because uh, that was you were on a news show and much hype was made about that you know, your film ranked 657th. Well, more films have come out since that story Ooh. to the tune of 646 for the year where... Uh, Oh, wait, I'm sorry. To the tune of way more than 657, where you've moved up to 646th. Hey. Oh, wow. At, with nice. a total of $2,436. Congratulations. Yeah. Who would have known, right? Who You're the go. president of a don't buy company. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> well, that's impressive, you know. But I, I like the know. way that you kind of wear it like a badge well, you know, of honor my, and have my, some fun. My, with my it. friends called me, and, I, and you know, they thought you know, they, they should be, you know, I was, you know, give me suicide watch. You know, they were on, it's like, <laughs> hey, Paul, you okay with the news? And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm eating this up. I mean, if I were number two, and we all know what number two is. If I were number two, <laughs> I would not have gotten, you know, I mean, any publicity. You know, I, I was the lowest grossing film of 2012. And that's pretty gross. Wow. You know? I could tell you the increase your two, DVD really. sales? And you, you kidding? You know, this was actually before the movie came out. Here's the thing. You know, when we were playing the film festivals, the movie got uh, an audience, you know, choice award in Kansas. And the prize was to get a one-week theatrical run at their little theater there. Oh, so nice. it got a run, oh. you know, before I did the official one. And they reported the numbers, and they didn't publicize it. We didn't advertise yeah. it. And, you know, a few people showed up, and it was but 86 somebody bucks. somebody picked it up, right? Wow. 86 bucks. <laughs> and then they reported that before I did my real release, which uh -huh. was a little bit more. You know, I made, you know, into the thousands. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Into the five digits, <laughs> but you know, um, but you know, uh, finally, you know, that thing got reported, and some somebody reported on it, you know, from a CBS, CBS or something. Some girl, a woman, did a, a, an article, and the thing came out, and she said that the, the lowest grossing film of 2012 is truly ghastly. Ah. And then you know, and then one, another, another person picked it up, and another, and another, and finally, we got it to Bill Geist. At CBS Sunday Morning, and they loved the idea. They wanted a piece for their Oscar show. Oh, cool! And they came from New York, a very big deal for me. You know, they came from New York to do a whole piece about me and my lowest-grossing film of 2020. <laughs> so you had to embrace it, right? And they gave you the Andy Rooney substitute, right? Bill Geist is like a like a <laughs> poor man's Andy. Rooney, you know, it's right? great. Bill Geist was wonderful. You know, he's an Emmy. Uh, uh, what is he? But he, he even talks like Andy Rooney. Like, there's a total total Andy Rooney shtick. He right? he 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 does kind of, but okay. he's very clever. And you know, we did a bit across the street from the Chinese theater is his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh. And we shot this bit, but he didn't put it in the piece. <laughs> 
where we're walking and and it's showing us and he says to me, Paul, you ever think about having your name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, having a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and going, I guess a guy could dream, can he, Bill? And then the camera pans down right as we're walking past his star, you know. Oh, that's hilarious. But they didn't use it because, I don't know, maybe it seemed too kind of scripted, you know, he wanted it more ad-lib. But but it was fun, you know, I wish I had that footage. But that aired on Oscar Sunday. It did, yeah. In 2013, right? Yeah, and we got 20... uh, 20, we got about 6 million viewers. And at the time, I had a few posters of Johnny X on eBay that I couldn't move if, to save my life. Yeah. All of a sudden, after the broadcast, they were all sold out. I was getting phone calls. Oh, that's great. The phone was ringing. I was getting emails. Where can I see this movie? How can I? This is wonderful. You know. That's what jumped you up to 2,436? <laughs> Precisely. <That's> exactly. <laughs> you see what six marketing, million... Marketing, <laughs> marketing, marketing. But it's the power of television, and I never realized you know, how big a deal it is. Because I could do the podcasts and the, you mm-hmm. know, the little things, but you know, on on legitimate you know broadcast yeah, tv that so was a big deal the yeah. effect that you know? a major network like cbs might have on your movie escaped you at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> it hadn't occurred to me really <laughs> maybe i should Nobody's get on television no success. no that television that's a fad it's like fm radio <laughs> but it's kind of cool when they come to you and you don't have to fork out the big bucks for a market yeah. oh are you yeah, right? can i mean you cannot buy that kind of publicity yeah. you know i mean you can't get i mean look what i made the two grand from the thing I mean, gee whiz, you know? I mean, I, I went out and I bought myself a good steak dinner that night, you know? <laughs> Tam O'Shanter. No, but I have but, to but, say, but it was really wonderful. I have to say, for all, you know, because you got notoriety, because it was, it was the least, at least as an awesome title, like they had to keep saying, yeah. like it's not called like Love Story. <clears throat> You know, like her love. I, I had to put times. ghastly in the title. You know how many people rib me about? Yeah. Oh, the, the, yes. this movie is truly ghastly. Oh yeah, you know? they just I mean, line up ghastly, to take that low hanging fruit. Very yeah. gassy. You know, whatever. You know. And on the poster, you got flying saucers. You got vampire. Or no, you I pretty know, much the, put everything X-ray on there. You know, no, yeah. looks a little vampireish. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's like an going X, the man with the X-ray. Going eyes. in for the suck. They are aliens. In fact, go ahead yeah. and just tell us the, what, what the movie's about. Well, it's about ninety minutes. No, actually, no. Seriously, it's you know I can't. Right? Should I really try to describe this? You should. I can play a clip and then you can follow up with about that. juvenile delinquents from outer space. Ah, so oh, good. Well, let's, I mean, this is, yeah, the juvenile. That's right. such a great description. Are we? Are we in dirty that sort teens of thing from <laughs> outer space? Right. I like that. There and you they, have and it. they sing and dance. Dirty yes. teens from Mars. That was going to be my movie. Dirty okay, here comes here comes a clip. Here we go. All right, from the trailer. Jonathan Xavier. Inasmuch as you insist on being an outsider and laughing at the rules and traditions of our advanced civilization. I am exiling you to a place which has no adherence to either. <laughs> I have no choice but to sentence you to Earth. <laughs> Ooh. Then that great music kicks yes. in. That was so Edward that of you to stand so on the side of the stage and mouth the yeah. words to your own script. So watch the Vimeo. That was fantastic. I love that. You know, the, and That's that was great. the late, great Kevin McCarthy. He sounded very familiar. Yeah. Star of him? Invasion of the Body. Yeah, the original. Okay, also yes. in one of the great Twilight Zone yes. episodes, Long yes. Live Walter Jameson. Oh. Yes, he's and so Inner Space. Oh uh, nominated. Oh, wow, yeah. <gasps> nominated. Yeah, Inner Space, a big Joe Dante, yeah. you know, guy. Yeah. And uh, nominated for an Oscar, a lot of people don't know, for Death of a Salesman in 1940 oh. for Best Supporting Actor playing Biff. Whoa. Wow. Got an Oscar nomination. Wow. So this guy was no slouch, you know. And then I had another Oscar winner in my film, Paul Williams. 
Oh my God! Oh, yeah. Who won for the music? The Paul Williams. The Paul Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Phantom of the Paradise. Swan. He oh, has no man. other name. Yes. Wow. Yes. He's really funny. He's really charming in this. He plays a television host. Oh, he's wonderful. Now, he's wonderful. I am was oh, the, I am such a huge fan of his, and I had to have. Don't we love that name, Paul? You know. Yeah. I do. And I had to have another guy named Paul in my movie. But you know, I thought that uh, you know such having Paul legend. Williams was just just like the yes. He's you know? such a legend. So yeah. dirty teens from space come down and they do what? Uh, dirty dancing. Okay. No, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> now juvenile delinquents. That's like juvenile. that's a word you use for fifties. Yeah. Juvie delinquents. Kids who are you know. screwing around. Juvies from space. I'll tell you. No, no. Basically, Johnny space X and, juvie. His, and his space juvie and his gang of no good good nicks get sentenced to Earth. Or. They get sentenced to Earth by the late great by by the, the Grand Inquisitor Kevin McCarthy. Because uh, Johnny's been, you know, fooling around and, you know, who wants to go to Earth, right? I and mean, and the only way he can go back to his home uh, planet is if he does an unselfish act. Yeah, like a good deed type uh, of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if he can earn his way back. Well, we know yeah. we really can't do that. But anyway, you know. Wouldn't it be nice if you could earn your way out of jail today? You know? Sure, you do one unselfish you know? act. You just raise a pound puppy and teach it to <laughs> help puppy. blind people. There you I go. Mean, I feel like I'm earning my way out of jail every day. Right Especially here, doing know? this show. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of a, it's wonder, it's a wonderful life, do right? Do not pass go. <laughs> Yes. Oh. Oh, it is a lot like it's a wonderful life. Clarence yeah. comes down and has to do a good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, exactly. I'll take that. Okay. Is it Kids, all... it's just like it's a wonderful I'll life. I'll buy that for a dollar in space. <laughs> yes. Is it at all based on that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode where the uh, teenagers come down from outer space and hot rod? You know, it's from just, Dimension X. It's just... They have nice cars in this movie. Yeah. They do. There's a couple of nice cars. It's just your average romantic, you know, science fiction yeah. loves comedy, dark, you know, With intergalactic a again. Weirdness with Creed from The Office. Yes, Creed as from The Office. As a rock star, he's awesome. Oh. You know, I'll tell you. I mean, the, that's really weird because you know this guy is the the real deal. You know, the grassroots Creed Bratton, and uh, you know, I kept getting sub- this submission from you know my casting director with a, from a you know he a guy in a business suit, <laughs> and I'm going, wait a minute, I, I want a rock star. I want like Keith Richards or you know somebody like this. But who's this guy in the business? Well, that's Creed Bratton. It's like, Creed Bratton, wait a minute, you know, from the grassroots, really? Yeah, I want to meet that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I met him, and, and you know, I said, you know, I, I think I might offer him the role. And he was so wonderful. You know, we met up, and he was just crazy. And he had all these ideas, you know, for the movie. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 I should do a thing where, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my ear up to the speaker, and my ear's bleeding, you know, and, and you know, from the sound. <laughs> he was just right off the bat, you know, boom, boom, boom. Okay, you a little underverse. The grassroots? The, the Grassroots, Midnight Confessions is one of their big hits. Oh, oh I know that. So song. Creed was a singer. He was the, one of the founding members of the Grassroots. Oh, oh I'll I didn't be. know. Yeah. Wow. The, that band, you know, what is it, uh, Live for Tomorrow or Die for wow. Today, whatever that no, song. I didn't know that. I, you know, I'm not completely familiar with their stuff. Do your homework, kids. I recognize the name. <laughs> but, you know, of course he is known today for playing himself, a on fictional the, yeah. version okay. of himself on The Office. That yeah. I also yeah. called Creed. Yes. But yeah. I wouldn't have known he had a, a, a singing background, of course, and when you see him in the movie, he's singing yeah. up a storm. He's well, a he was he was a rock star, oh, wow. and you know, he's actually on tour now doing the, doing the thing, you know? Oh, you, you know, that, wow. That's, yeah. That's perfect because in all those old movies you would see someone show up and you wouldn't realize that like at that in the 50s everybody that was in a movie no matter who they are can sing and dance. Yes. Yeah. Every yeah. single one of them whether they ever do on screen 
everyone, everybody you see in any movie in the yes. 50s Triple can sing threat, and dance, absolutely. right? Yeah. So I think that's great that you actually got a song and dance. And people to, love to, yeah. people love Creed Bratton, you know. And and I think there's so many different people in the movie that, that, that there are fans of. You know, there's the Paul Williams Phantom of the Paradise fans, of which I am certainly one of. Right. You know. And then there's the Creed Bratton. There's the Office fans. Then there's the Secret Garden Kate Maberly fans. You know. Our, our girl that plays Dandy Connors. I mm. recognized her name in the credits, and then mm -hmm. I figured out uh, after talking to you that mm -hmm. that's the young girl from The Secret Garden. Right, completely British. Yes, and, and she now grown up and really cute. Played this valley girl. I mean, she was the most professional, wonderful, you know, person to work with, and people really like her character. She's fun, yeah. you know. Going through the cast further, Reggie Bannister. Reggie Bannister, who I worked with previously in another movie I did called That Little Monster. And uh, in the 90s. And uh, Reggie, of course, I've known him for many years, and I've done a lot of stuff with him. And so, yeah, having him in the movie was Adam, cool. if you don't know, he was in Phantasm. Okay. And Phantasm 2. Oh, yes. And Bubba Hotep. And yes. Phantasm 3 and it 4. <laughs> is coming, and let's not forget Phantasm Ravagers coming out. And what? It'll be, yes, they did not. I did forget. Not directed by Don <laughs> Coscarelli, but it's a new thing that they're hmm. coming out with, and, and Angus Scrim and the whole cast is in it. So it'll be the final appearance Angus of Angus, Scrim. the tall man. There's a great boy for that guy. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, Angus but 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 Scrim. yeah. So we have a lot of fun people in the movie, you know. And um, at the front of it all, Will Keenan. Will Keenan, yeah. Uh, you know, I was not familiar with his work when I got him in the picture. Uh, but uh, don't watch a lot of trauma, I guess. No, I had ah. never seen a trauma movie, and my friend uh, Ramsey Abed, associate producer, said, "Well, you should try Will Keenan," you know. And I said, "Well, who's he?" So I watched a couple of clips, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know. Uh, and these trauma films, Tromeo and Juliet, and yeah. I had to watch some, you know, rather ghastly scenes in that. <laughs> Tromeo and Juliet, written by uh, Tromeo and Juliet, uh, James Gunn. James Gunn, yeah. Guardians of Galaxy. And it's like, okay, but so I mm -hmm. met the now guy, you know. and I now met you know. him, and he was like the look. I had the look in mind, you know, pale guy, dark hair, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a bad boy type guy that can, you know, kick my butt. He's got that. And a trauma performer would much shorter than me, this. but he can probably, yeah. you know, but I'd, I'd give him a run for his money. Now, don't get me wrong, folks, you know. <laughs> He's brooding. There's yeah. no question. Yeah, definitely. No, he but, has uh, that James Dean he, look about him. He was great to work with, you know, and, and it was just a wonderful cast, you know, and I and I put a few of my friends in there that, who were actors, you know. And, Always uh, helps put actors in your movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, especially <laughs> friends really, yeah. who are actors. <laughs> really kind of bring things to life. Hey, a couple of hey, friends in there who are sous chefs. <laughs> not, <laughs> not for nothing. Not for nothing. Bart, you're right. You always have a choice. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Sometimes people don't choose correctly. Yeah. I've noticed this. <laughs> choose wisely. It's true. But yes. actors, now do you want sound? Mm, no. Let me sleep on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should point out the ghastly love of Johnny X is on iTunes. Yes. Yes, oh, at Amazon. Unfortunately, it is no longer on Netflix. No. It was on Netflix for a full year. Oh, great. But, you know, the powers that be just thought, let's get rid of that one, you know. Well, they do yeah. that with all sorts of oh, movies. They, you know, I, I mean, try to watch Bridget Jones and it's gone. See? I'm like, what? See, we're, yeah. in, good, we're in great company. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> I don't take that personally. But, right. you know. You and the Godfather. <laughs> do you, yeah. do you share that? <laughs> we're not both on not Netflix. on Netflix. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, iTunes, uh, Amazon, it's on, uh, it's on uh, I think it's Hulu. Voodoo. voodoo? Voodoo. No, actually, Hoodoo. Oh, voodoo. Or is it Voodoo? I don't know. V U D U. You know, there yeah, is a Hoodoo right. one, too. I think oh, okay. it's Hoodoo. Anyway, so it's on, you know, just all, all kinds of and things. And I also just want to say for people who might be um, collectors of movie posters, this poster is yeah. fantastic. Do you yeah. sell them at Amazon or anything? Oh, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I have connections. You know, oh, I, can get right. you, I can get you a poster. I'm just know. saying, they're you know, worth it. They're collector's yes. items. I also love that, you know, 
Uh, teenagers from Outer Space is a very underdone genre. Under I can think of maybe three, and this is one of them. <laughs> well, you know, that, that game, I the, love origi- that. the original idea, I've, I've been playing around with this idea since the late 90s, you know, and I thought of Teenagers from Outer Space and remaking that movie. Yeah, yeah. Because what, there a, is great, a, movie what called a great that. title, you know? Absolutely, so, yeah. You know, and we juvenile want, Delinquents is great, Right, too. but, you know, we actually say, uh, you know, we have Reggie Bannister say Juvenile Delinquents from Outer Space. <laughs> I just had to say that in the movie, so he says that, you know, those Juvenile Delinquents. Are there Cell phones in your movie, or I didn't. I haven't seen it. No, you know, or is it, it all rotary? It's funny because you know, looks like a I don't want to say the everyone presumes that the movie takes place in the 50s, mm-hmm. but I have to say it doesn't take place ah, in the 50s. I love it, that it, it takes place in uh, basically today, but in an alternate kind of universe where nice. there are you know. No phones like or computers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a Denny's. It's a shiny metal diner. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I mean, basically, it's a world that I constructed of my own concoction. A truly mad one, I might add. <laughs> you got to laugh maniacally after you say that. <laughs> of my own concoction. <laughs> of my own concoction. <laughs> and uh, thank you. You and what, what? Wes Anderson have you. that in common. And, you know, I just love to create a world, and I love to create an environment. This is true. You know, when I make a movie, something that's sort of a fantasy that's not very real, but it's safe, you know, and it's just something that's not quite reality. Because when I see a movie, I enjoy the ones, I, I enjoy reality. Because isn't this a reality here? Mm-hmm. Some, somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. sure. But I enjoy going to escapist, you know, to, to see a movie and escape. And I don't yeah. generally put, I don't put politics or I don't put... Uh, you know, messages in my movies. It's just about going out and having a great time at the movies, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to just, you know, have fun. I mean, and just get away from this crazy, mad, 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 mad world. That's a good movie, too. Which is my favorite movie. <laughs> How, oh. Did you do the right oh, number of it? mads? It's been leaked. Wait, How many mads? Great. How many mads? Yeah, Four mads. Four mads, okay. <laughs> you know, originally Kramer wanted to <laughs> name it It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, but he thought, yeah, let's drop one of the mads. Well. I used yeah, to that's call why it, he's a genius. I used to call it "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." I thought it was that many. Oh, you thought there were six? No, I called it that yeah. for a long time. Six? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I think six. That, that was one of the sequels. Actually, we thought you were that just being pretentious. <laughs> now, this is your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it is actually. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Now, is it the greatest film ever made? No. It might no, be the most film ever made. <laughs> right? You know. You know that movie has a lot of actors in it. <laughs> it has. It has a lot Someone of actors. Probably like it for that. That's yes. a choice. Lots I of actors. Have, I actually have a thirty-five millimeter print. Oh wow. I run over where we where I screen Johnny X for you guys. Uh-huh. Oh wow! And I run the print. It's a dye transfer Technicolor print, and it's beautiful. You know, it's an original release print, and, and we have fun. And I run it every now and again. You know, is that cool when you're really in love with a movie and you actually get to touch it? For as much yeah. as we love Raiders or any, yeah. or if you could admit, I, I've never held it in my hand. Well, you know what's so know? interesting? It's one thing to take like a video and to fast, you know, and to freeze frame or to step frame through something on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. But when you're holding a strip of film and you could see the fr- the the, the yeah. individual frames in succession, yeah. and you can see. That it's just a series of of, of stills, really. Yeah. Which, which is why yeah. you have to shoot I mean, Ghastly Love of Johnny X in 35 millimeter film. Right? That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I shot this picture on uh, on 35 millimeter, uh, the last of the plus X film stock. This is interesting. The black and white. You and know, you're in a so. museum because of this. This is movie this a is, has gotten so much notoriety. <laughs> Wow, no, no, this did, is a quite a museum here. <laughs> you know, I, I and it's, I wanted to digress for a second. Oh, you know, it's yes. interesting because you have a, a poster here of Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yes. Yeah, for Jodie Foster. For Jody and you know that there is a connection between that movie Whoa. and that movie. Wait, let me think about awesome. it. Well, Wait, you, would never, you would never you would never know. <laughs> okay. Kevin Bacon. It's sort of a six degree thing. Well, he was a PA on Silence of the Lambs. It's, it's a bit of a cheat, but anyway, the guy that edited edited my movie, the editor Russell Harden, d- edited drove the, past the set, edited the trailer. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. 
No, he edited the trailer for Silence oh, of the Lambs. Oh, wow. That's a real yeah. connection. That's real cool. He's a, he really did, you know, and he was the theatrical trailer editor. He also did the Pierce Brosnan and James Bond trailers. Ooh. So, you That's know, really cool. and he's, uh, today he's on the unemployment line. No, he's <laughs> actually cutting big movie trailers today as we speak, you know, so... Um, but yeah, cool. so he's a good yeah. friend and a fellow film collector. So he cut my movie, and he cut the trailer for Silence of the Lambs. You know. cool. So anyway, there's a little. Let's connection. talk about this uh, film that you love. Film, like you love yeah. the, the actual film. So you have yeah. a collection, correct? I do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you screen movies every once in a while with friends, just in town, right? Yeah. How, I get how to, difficult is that a hobby to to do? Because you have to find the correct theaters. Well, to you know, it's show a lot a of thing. a lot of these things are just done out of their homes. You know, I mm. mean, you know, my my friend has a projector and he's got you know portholes in his kitchen wall. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and awesome. he just shine. The projectors are in the kitchen, <laughs> and they shine out through the living room. And, you know, we we get together like on Thursday nights and we watch a couple of old obscure movies you know wow now, have you burned through like all your personal collections and then where yeah, do you oh, find other ones well you know we've got an unlimited uh, you know i don't want to say but one of the one of the big old hollywood directors and producers there's there's a bunch of guys that pool their collections together and we have access to this because we're all kind of friends so cool. we i mean these guys have been collecting since you know the 60s you know so i mean we've got access to an unlimited almost amount of films what's that cost you don't have to give me the price for any uh -huh. specific one but if you want to buy a 35-millimeter print of a movie that maybe we've heard of, mm -hmm. what's that going to put you out? Well, it really varies. So right now, I mean, they're dumping 35-millimeter prints of, of films, you know, from the 80s, 90s, little things that they can't seem to get rid of. But if you've got, like, an interesting movie, like, say, uh, a little film that nobody cares about, like, well, for example, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just say that. I know nobody okay. really no. here likes I've that. I've heard film, of it. Right? I've heard of it. <laughs> okay. So the guy film, from Regarding Henry. A film there, like right? that, <laughs> like a nice film print. Now, that movie was made in 81, so that was right before low fade film stock came out, but there may be low. There's probably low fade prints. So if the print is not faded and it's really nice, you could pay two grand for that twenty five hundred. That's it. Well, wow. yeah, but but then you can get them for as cheap as two, three, four hundred bucks. Depending on you how know? beat up wow. they are, right? Wow. Depending on condition and the color and that sort of thing. Or sometimes you can't give them away. You know. Wow. I mean, yeah. Wow. Now that's thirty five millimeter. But where most people spend money because it's more accessible is sixteen millimeter, which is something that people can run on their projectors at home. You don't need the big, you know, projectors and the real. You know, it takes up less space so 16 millimeter collector alone on the big and you know the old, yeah and the old 16 millimeter prints were basically made for television broadcast back in the day so that's why those wow. exist today. Oh. And for the rental market, for those military. Those are not 16 millimeter for television broadcast? Uh, yeah, well, uh, well, they did a 35, but yeah. they also, for the little small syndication stations, you know, they would, yeah. they would have prints. I remember as a kid watching television watching an old movie, and the film breaks. Wow. I'm not kidding you. Wow. And they put a thing on. I mean, this seems like a joke, but it's real. They put a yeah. thing on that says, please stand by. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Wow. Oh. That's because a splice so broke. Analog. And That's it really, the thing would go white because they're running through one of these machines that, like a telecine, basically, that runs the film, you know, and, and that's why they wow. had the cue marks and they'd have Fantastic. commercial breaks. They would slug these prints for commercial breaks and then they'd run the commercials or cut to, you know. But wow. I remember seeing that several times going back to, you know, a long time ago, I don't want to say how old I am, but you know, I mean, going back to a few years, you know, we're all in our early thirties. You no, correctly, <laughs> correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, what? They don't run prints anymore on TV. I guess that's all uh, videotape yeah. now yeah. or yeah. digital. Videotape, no, probably videotape. It's all beta now. I'm assuming videotape. Videotape. When uh, Karen and I were hosting a screening of Willy Wonka at the Yumi Federal Credit Union, yeah. screened up against the we wall, have, which we have a print of, by the way, in the archive, a 35 millimeter print of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Come over and watch it anytime. Wow. Wow. 
Uh, that's sure. when you heard that this was going on from your house up the street in yes. Burbank, and you came down and you said, "Hey, we should talk about ghastly love of Johnny X." Now this is great because that's the kind of guy you are when it comes to marketing. The Bill Guys <laughs> thing shows that you're out on the street with your flyers, going, "Come see my movie." Hey, yeah, you know, and I'll buy you a free beer. You know, yeah. so you but, met him during the week that it was out. Ghostbusters. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Actually, I heard. I heard this all year. Basically, I was going to complain because the sound was. I, I said, "What is this noise?" It's Paul and I black. What is this noise? So I'll go over. Oh, they're running Ghostbusters on the wall. Oh, it was Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. they were running right. Ghostbusters on the wall. You know, it's like okay. All right. No, no, no. I knew. And, and then I heard. I saw you hosting, and I said, "Hey, this is fun." You know, who's this Paul Preston? This movie guy. You know? Yeah. What does he think he knows? And I said, "You know, gee whiz, you know, I'm going to go and get my post." You must have thought I was some kind of nut. No, the poster's I, amazing. I, it says it all. You're just. I like, love free stuff. No. This guy's I great. Who's talking movies? I give them the credit and benefit of the doubt. Right. Then I figure out if they're a nut or not. <laughs> so the things, so the basically, you know, the thing sat on your shelf for what six years, and then you finally decided. <laughs> That's all, just six. Years. No, no, no. hundred and fifty shows months. ago, <laughs> and I said, let's do this thing. Let's you know, hundred and fifty shows. Here's yeah. my point. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm. I'm Calling you a very tenacious guy, thanks. Yeah, and I think that paid be. off once. And an old, you mentioned uh, that little monster, a yeah, short film of yours. Monster. And if right. I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. you got to appear in your film. And tell me if I'm right or wrong. Bob Hope. Yes, that's tenacious. Ooh, who Bob gets Hope. that? Right that's a, like what kind Talk of get about is that? You know, a no that's is never amazing. an answer. I'll tell you, they told me no, and I made movies about Bob Hope when I was a kid. You know, and you know, I, I when I was you know 12, 13 years old, I made I made a thing called the Bob Hope Club. Hmm. It was my version of the Mickey Mouse Club, oh I guess. But with Bob Hope. Instead of singing the, the Mickey Mouse song, Alma Mater, it was like, you know, thanks for the memory. You right. know? Yeah. Anyway, so I stayed in touch over the years. And finally, you know, I used to collect on Hope. I would collect memorabilia costumes and, you know, a brown derby caricature Ooh. and you know, crazy nonsense like that. You know, and, and uh, I called and well, said, you know. a classic look for all those. <laughs> I, since I was a kid, I dreamed of being in one of Bob's movies. Well, of course, he wasn't making movies anymore. I wanted to just be, work with him, you know. And finally, you know, it was like it was getting pretty late in the day, so to speak. I mean, he was, you know, getting ready to shuffle off the buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> His appearances on Carson had gotten and, sadder. You know, I want to say, how about that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bob. <laughs> but, uh, and finally, His appearances at Vaughn were pretty, Vaughn's were pretty <laughs> sad. I want to tell you, how about that? that Vaughn's over there yes, sir. in uh, Toluca Lake. He'd have a guy with him, you know, and he, yeah. see, he basically couldn't see very well. So he had to, he loved to go and take walks at night, though. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. he was always walking the streets. Not in that way. Yeah. Toluca Lake. Right? No, but they don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> Seeing what he can do. But seriously, so yes, I got Bob Hope in the film. I called up the office and they said, well, Bob, he, Mr. Hope isn't doing cameos anymore. Click. Well, it's like, okay. All right, all right, all right. But I, as a fan of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, you got to get you know, your celebrity cameo, How right? do you get Bob Hope? Basically, how do you get Bob Hope to appear in a basically a, you know, a, a, a monster movie? You know, so I, I came up with the idea of having him tell a few jokes over the end credits because in the movie itself, I put clips of his very first film appearance called Going Spanish from 1934. Oh, wow. So 60 years apart, Going Spanish, 34, and then he appears at the end of my film, and that was it, his last thing in a movie ever. Wow. wow. So I called up at the office to get him to do this. I basically said, look, I've got costumes and things that I'd love to donate. I basically brought them into the office, threw them down on the desk, and I said, I would love to donate these to the Bob Hope Museum I know you guys are working on. 
And I said, Brilliant. and they said, oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. And I said, oh, by the way, it would be just so wonderful if Mr. Hope can say a few lines at the end of my movie. And they said, well, I think we can work that out. You Good know. for you. That is, uh, well that's done. how you do it, right? Well you? done. You got to be clever yeah. about these things. That's smart. I always like to, I glimpsed the legend once. I went to he, to the Macy's parade. Yeah. And he came by in his little Pope Mobile, you know, because it was so cold. They'd be yeah. keeping him warm. Right. Hope, Hope Mobile. Hope Mobile. Hope, Hope, Mobile. Mobile. Hope Mobile. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's it. But it was wonderful, you and know. Was and, and he that's lovely when you worked with him? Oh, he was fine. Well, you had to tell him that, you know, uh, you had to, t he was very hard of hearing mm -hmm. and his eyesight was bad. So he would just tell him the joke and he would repeat it, you know, Aww. at that time. Uh. And he was great, you know. I mean, he knew how to deliver a joke. Oh, yeah. He has a rhythm. But, he you knows. know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, this is Bob Hope for that little monster. I'm not saying he's out of this world, but when E.T. phones him, it's a local call. You know? oh, that's awesome. And I actually wrote, now, I wrote that's that one awesome. joke, and I say, I can actually say that I wrote a joke that Bob Hope wow. told. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Who would have thunk it, right? Now, to say that right. Paul's a Bob Hope fan yeah. is, is a bit of an understatement. His license plate actually says Bob Hope. Now, don't give away my personal information. People will try to track you me down. You drive it around. It's not personal. <laughs> oh, well, in that case. Yeah. Which reminded me of, this, of the time oh, I saw yes. a car on my street in Beverly Hills that had license plates. Now, see, Bob Hope is a license plate that... Sounds like, you know, hey, that, like I might want to have yeah. Elvis, Elvis, maybe he's an Elvis, Bob Hope, yeah, Elvis a fan. fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's a good idea. You know, it's not a yeah. bad idea. You could be a Bob Hope fan. Mm -hmm. So I saw a, a Mercedes parked on the street in Beverly Hills out in front of my apartment, and the license plate read, Ike Turner. <laughs> and I thought to myself, who on earth thinks it's a good idea to drive around <laughs> so with a license plate with Ike Turner? Yeah. And just as I have that thought, Ike Turner <laughs> turns comes around the corner. I'll I'm like, be doggone. This is the only man that would think this is a good yep. idea. Uh, Not exactly, you know, <laughs> flying below the radar. Yeah, exactly. there, you know? But as soon as you see that car, you know Ike Turner's <laughs> right. around because while a lot of people might get Elvis or, or yeah. Springsteen now, or whatever, yeah. only one person is getting a license plate that says Ike Turner. And I, I, I got to tell you, seriously, you know, when Bob was alive and they would see that car, people would, I want to tell you this, people would think, hey, how about that, huh? Hey, isn't that something? Yeah, how about that people, Ike Turner? People, people would think that it was Bob Hope's car. Of course. Yeah. And I'd be in a restaurant, and I'd hear like this uh, little murmur. It's like, oh, Bob Hope. It's Bob Hope's here. And it's like, oh, geez, you know. That is but a Bob great Hope would never have and, a license plate that no, says Bob Hope. But I, 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 <laughs> so here I am sitting in a restaurant, and they're waiting. They're, they're waiting, waiting, waiting to see who's they want to wait for Bob Hope. And so I don't want to disappoint them. So I have to tip, wait for them to get discouraged because, you know, I didn't want to disappoint him, you know, because I thought, you know, if I get in that car and I go, well, wait, wait a minute, you're not Bob Hope, you know? <laughs> now I'm going to think you're stealing his car. I, <laughs> that guy's stealing uh, Bob uh, Hope's car! Yeah. <laughs> I'm his driver! No, I would actually get notes in the car saying, Mr. Hope, I'm a big fan, blah, 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 oh. may I have an autograph? And, you know, because I knew him, and I would actually get an autograph and send it to oh, this person. Oh, that's great. You know, so just to do it for that. I felt a moral responsibility, you know? I have a question. Yes, I have an answer. <laughs> um, no, just along the uh, It's the, the license, movie guys. It's the oh, <laughs> license. Yeah. How do I but, get my license? Like, the movie guys. But with this episode, it should be called The Movie Guys Road to Bali or something. <laughs> <laughs> Road to Movie Guys. So we understand that uh, Elvis is a good license plate to get. Bob Hope's a good license yeah. plate to hit. Only Ike Turner would get Ike Turner. <laughs> but Brilliant. I saw... Now a, I'm getting it, though. I'm going to get it now. But I saw a Rolls Royce <laughs> that had A. Lennox. A Lennox. Is it any chance Lennox. that... Annie, would Annie Lennox get a license plate? It was on a Rolls Royce. I don't know. You would got Annie me, Lennox huh? actually... Spelled... 
Lennox. She doesn't seem attractive. Angeline, right? you know, you know Angeline. The, the, she has oh, her yeah. she, pink that Corvette. Makes sense. That I've seen uh, her driving. For people around. who don't know that in yes. the crowd, because that's very much an LA thing. An LA Angeline, thing, yes. it, she put up a billboard of herself. She Been, has back in the day, gigantic you know, boobs was, and wears hot pink. Right? Apparently, I missed yeah, those. Yeah, billboards. Or is that the Kissing Bandit? I, I was at a car wash once, and Albert Brooks. You've never seen her in the same room with Kissing Bandit. She might be the Kissing Bandit. She could be. But one final thing about this thing, I the story about Bob Hope plates. I was at the car wash, and Albert Brooks was there. We were getting our car washed, and he. Came out, he starts looking at my car and he's looking at the so is that yours? And I'm like, Yeah, he goes, Bob Hope, are you Bob Hope? And I'm like, No, and he goes, Well, how did you get that? You know, and I'm like, Well, I put it on. He goes, Could Bob Hope have a license plate with your name on it? And I'm like, I suppose, you know, and, 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 and that, that was that's Albert Brooks. Amazing. I love him, so that, anyway, that was bizarre. Uh, that's hilarious. Though. He didn't come out and say, Hey, I'm Albert Brooks, I just knew who it was. I mean, I didn't want to say, You're Albert Brooks. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Because he knows. Because he knows. How does Albert yeah. Brooks not tell that story on the Tonight Show? <laughs> that was yeah. years, years ago. Car, car wash. We're talking. Some idiots got Bob Hope on his license plate. <laughs> We're talking. Right. That happened around 1988, 89. Oh, That's going way back. So. You know, it'd been fun if you just said, you know, I'm in the process of getting an Albert Brooks license plate. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that. But the, Albert the, Brooks was already taken. Couldn't yes. get this one. <laughs> Last thing, and uh, and now that oh, I see so uh, how how bit heavy you can become, I'm not surprised you appeared in Biffle and Schuster. Shut what up. Is that? What? Oh. Nick Santa Maria and Will Ryan. Are yeah, good you know about. those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I was. I worked in the episode Biffle Murder Case. Yeah, oh and word. I worked yeah, with Robert Robert Forster and uh, H M Wynette, also star of a Twilight Zone episode, The Howling Man. Oh, you know, goodness. that was a lot of fun. Mike Schlesinger basically is a good friend of mine, and he asked me if I would do a bit in the thing, and I said, Well, sure, why not? You know, I do a little acting thing. So you know those guys, huh? Well, I'm Nick's, so sorry. Yes. What is Biffle? Nick's so sorry. <laughs> Nick's been a friend for a while, and he was on here promoting when Biffle and Schuster were showing at the Egyptian. Yeah, they're great guys. Yeah. 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 Will Ryan um, saw, uh, Nick and Will saw me when I did Oklahoma a billion <laughs> years ago and immediately decided we were going to be friends. So at the after party, they came up and said, we think you're funny, we're friends. And <laughs> we've been friends ever since. Nick played the genie in the Aladdin show at Disneyland. Yes. You know, there's a connection with that. One of the girls in Johnny X... Heather Provost, who is also now a Tony-nominated Broadway producer, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, she appears in Johnny X, and she was also in that show with Nick in wow. Aladdin. So, you know, it's kind of a small, small, it small, is, small, small world. Small, small, and I just saw world. Nick post wow. a photo on the set of shooting new Biffle and Schuster shorts. Yes, ah. So look for like Biffle and Schuster out there. Well, you know, you know, they did a mad, 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 mad world bit because oh. Mike is a huge fan of that movie as well. And they did a bit like Biffle and Schuster's cameo, which never made the movie. Oh, and we cool. actually <laughs> shot that. And I threw the, you know, there's water, they're, they're hitchhiking, they're in their jail, mm -hmm. their prison outfits. Uh -huh. And, you know, the... <laughs> So anyway, they get splashed with water in the face, and I was one of the guys throwing the bucket of water in their face. So I got to nail Will. Oh, you know, good for guys. you. Good stuff. So, a Excellent. lot of fun. But yeah, I was I was around for all of that. So, you know, the first one they did, and then they did four, you know. Yeah, Bride of Finkelstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is a, a two song and dance men. I mean, both of yep. them can sing, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Nick can play the ukulele, and yeah. Will writes these amazing country songs. As a uh -huh. matter of fact, I started performing with him for a while. I knew Will that. when I was back at the studio working in the mailroom at Disney Studios. Will Ryan was doing voices at yeah. that time he did a voice for mickey's christmas carol yep now i don't want to date myself wow. because i'd really <laughs> rather date a girl but Certainly, you know actually yes. <laughs> i'm telling you back in the day you I know you. will ryan so we we have this connection and we're all cinephiles and we love these old mm -hmm. movies they you know, love so. that stuff oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah in fact years yeah. later i was sitting at a uh diner the house of pies talking to a friend of, of mine and of next to us the film talk was getting out of hand and i'm a movie <laughs> yeah. guy so i can't yeah. not overhear that and not get involved so eventually i'm like 
I chimed in my two cents on the Three Stooges, and it was a whole bunch of people putting together the Three Stooges screenings over at the, the Alex, Alex Theater. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and Michael yeah. Schlesinger was one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. who I didn't recognize from the screening, but I'd gone to the Arrow and watched all the Biff mm-hmm. and Schuster stuff. You know, yeah. Hollywood is just cool because that kind of stuff can happen. It's great. You all know, the time. we've, yeah. and, and we're kind of spoiled here in Very. California, in, in especially here. Because we've got so many old things that we could see, movies and old films, and on film. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, you folks in the Midwest, you know, you're really missing out. You should, you should get a, you should get a program. Going I watched a it. James mm-hmm. Brolin action movie from 1972 last night at the New Beverly called uh, 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 called Night of the Juggler. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was just this. Uh, it was Wait, like like a juggler or a juggler vein. <laughs> It, like, like neither clown? ever came up, which is one of the weird things about James Brolin's Night of the Juggler. Okay. Jugular. Yeah. Jugular. Right, nuclear. Karen. Nuclear. We're going to take things home with you now oh, here, okay. all right, for Karen's birthdays, her right. weekly look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. Take it away. Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Mr. Jeffrey Bridges. Hey. Hey, happy birthday. He turned 66, but he can play anywhere from casual and carefree to stoned. He was Mind cons- if I do a J? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is kind of fun. We, you know, everybody loves Jeff Bridges, and I think I've done his birthday like three times already because mm-hmm. I can't pass it up every time I see it. So I just thought I would uh, tell you some of the different parts that he did not get this time. Because this has cracked me up. So okay. we're going to go right and, into and if, it. And if you give a little pause, I'm going to lob a couple lines up to see if Bart can go ahead and volley back. <laughs> Bart, is that what makes a man? Well, that and a pair of testicles. All right, Excellent. Karen, go okay, good. Here's the first one. <laughs> he was considered, along with Nick Nolte, for the role of Detective Sonny Crockett in Miami <gasps> Vice in 1984. Please. Oh, my wow. I want to go back in time. <laughs> oh. Both were deemed too expensive for that television project, and therefore Don Johnson got the part. Wow. Hmm. It was great, but man, that Bridges... Uh, would be amazing. Bridges Crockett would be great. All right, go ahead, do another Bart, lob. Bart, does he still write? Um, oh, no, he has health problems. There <laughs> These are all Lebowski. All Lebowski. Yeah, they are. Mr. So Jeff Bridges. should never burn your bridges. You know. That, that. Uh, Very true. He was Very also true. considered for the part of Jack in Speed, which went to Cool Breeze Reeves. Oh, I think it was a good move. Yeah, me too. I think mm-hmm. you need a little more like, ener- like that... Kind of little puppy kind of energy. Youthful yeah. energy, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's more of like a great Dane. Yeah. Instead of like. He's more Marmaduke. Yes, he's yeah, a bit more Marmaduke. Marmaduke. Also, a you need Snoopy, lob. not Marmaduke. He yeah. was considered for the role of Dan Gallagher in Fatal Attraction, which went to Michael Douglas. Okay, he would have been good in that too. That's yeah. what's good about him. He can do everything. That would have been very different too, though. Again, that edgy kind of thing would have been missing, maybe. I don't remember if I've ever seen Jeff Bridges play that little on the edge. Well, he has been the morning after. Did his voice change? I mean, he's got the this, this graggly thing, oh, he you know. Yeah. He's not like the that. young guy that he was. <laughs> yeah, you know? we've noticed sort that of like lately. Nick Nolte light. Yes, know? like a Nick Nolte light. It uh, seems like ever since he started yeah. doing these movies about teenagers who are going to get killed, his voice has gotten all cranky. Yeah. I don't know what the hell. I mean, it's, if it works for him, you know, whatever. <laughs> and yeah. also, he was considered for. Christopher Walken's role in The Deer Hunter. I'll be darned. Again, I think that would have worked. I know. All of these would have worked. It's just kind of crazy. It was during the filming of The Iceman Cometh in 1973 that he decided to focus solely on acting and make it his profession. Up until then, he's quoted as saying, just enjoyed the ride, man. But then now he would say, (laughs) 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 All right, so happy birthday to him. And also, let's wish a very happy birthday to Mr. George Clooney, who Ah. turns 55. Not aging well. 55. Batman himself. You don't think he's aging well? I don't think he's aging well. I don't think he's aging well. 
No. 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 Maybe He's, it's being married has done it to him. Uh, oh, you know what it is? It's the smoking. Oh, oh yeah. that good could call. Be. I would just because why wouldn't that guy age perfectly, right? Look at that guy. <laughs> he can play anywhere from a doc, a dream Mars. doctor to a dream astronaut to a dream just fill in the blank. <laughs> but um, so now we know this week he's going to be in Money Monster with Julia Roberts. And I was just wondering if you guys could name a couple of other movies that they worked in together, Julia Roberts and George Clooney. Uh, aside from all the oceans, is one's obvious. Well, oceans. Well, it's only one ocean. It's Ocean's Twelve. That's the thing. It's Ocean's it's Eleven in. and she's 12. in Ocean Eleven. Oh, mm-hmm. No, she's yeah, she huge. is. She's like a huge part of it. Yeah. It's Tess. Oh. It's all about Tess. Yeah. yeah. So oh, Julia Roberts herself is only in Ocean's Twelve. But they, no, she. Plays. I'm sorry, we were all assuming that with oh. the question. <laughs> <laughs> What's another movie that they um, have worked together on? Now, wait, wait. Herself or movies where she may have been referenced? Uh, just work together. Isn't there a fake Julia Roberts? Doesn't Julia Roberts come into the movie the person and then yes. Tess because she looks like Julia no, Roberts? No, Tess pretends 12. to be. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Tess pretends to be Julia Roberts and gets caught. Yeah. It's still yeah. Julia Roberts playing herself. <laughs> yeah. Could you Look, I'm saying there's two got, levels here. Could you imagine if they, they didn't want to get Julia Roberts to play herself so they got a double? Yeah. <laughs> Julia Roberts playing with herself. What? Wait, what? Oh, wait, uh, also, it was August version. Osage Counter that he produced that movie and she was in it. And Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, they were in together. I saw that movie and I don't remember her in that. Yeah, I don't either. Wow. Now, George Clooney frequently stars in heist movies that revolve around some kind of robbery. Can you guys name a couple? We know it's the Oceans movies, clearly. Uh, out of others? sight? Was that one? Yep, that's one. Out of sight, one. out of mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the Coen Brothers one that yes. he's a sex pervert in it? Oh, I can't yeah. remember. Oh. Burn After Reading? I know. I was thinking, oh, brother, no. where art thou? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess Burn After Reading isn't a heisty movie. That's, yeah. A brother. Oh, brother is, yeah. Oh, brother, Three Kings? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Good yeah. movie. Because you don't, you know, he's just such a sweetheart. You don't think of him as being a heisty, but he's very heisty. He's he was very also <laughs> from Dust Till Dawn. And Fantastic Mr. Fox with Mr. Mm. Bill Murray. Oh, the heisty yeah. movie? Heisty movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray's playing more animals lately. Yeah, he's been a little more furry lately. <laughs> and also, Adam, I just picked this uh, little bit of tidbit from IMDb. Ooh, if you pick a tidbit, be sure to put a band aid on it. <laughs> It'll get infected. It because it infected. I'm just going to say that. All right, so he is the sixth actor to play Batman. Hmm. And I oh. find that interesting. But I also sure. find it interesting that he is the first actor who played Batman to win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in Syriana. And oh. five years later, Christian Bale won the Oscar for the Best Supporting Actor in The Fighter. Oh. So previous Batman experience. Uh, and then Michael won Keaton Oscars. won an Oscar. Yes. So those are the great Batman. Wow. They are the great Batman. Up there. But Adam West he never he won an Oscar. He didn't? No, neither did Michael was, Keaton. Aww. Yeah, well, lest we have a... Uh, oh, Michael Keaton. I guess Birdman won. I, th- I thought he <laughs> yeah. won. Well, he was in an Oscar-nominated movie. He was nominated. Well, yeah, he no, was he was nominated. He, yeah, he, close, he did not yeah. win. Yeah. Now, None of us saw it coming. That's the point. <laughs> Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing? <laughs> this is true, Paul. I'm sure this happens to you a lot. It happens to me all the time. People stop <laughs> yeah. me on the, on the street and they say, hey... Tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. <laughs> and I say, first of all, she does have a lesbian thing going on. <laughs> Call back. And two, she loves when celebrities sing. I got a lesbian thing going on, and that's fine with me. And that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? Yes, thunk it? who knew? Uh, yes, so you I learned do. a little something, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when celebrities sing, and I especially like it. When I can bring a couple of my favorite celebrities together. We were just Ooh. talking about Mr. Bill Murray and, of course, George Clooney. <sighs> so I'm going to play a little bit something from A Very Murray Christmas that is just oh, the oddest, fantastic. oddest moment in that whole show. That show wears odd on its sleeve, though. I love I it. I do like that. Here's a little George Clooney singing with Mr. Bill Murray. 
Now mama's in the kitchen cooking. <laughs> the children all fast asleep. It's time for Santa Claus to make his midnight creep. Santa Claus wants some love. Oh, yes. This was a genius moment. Oh, that's right. This is what I fell in love with it. Is this moment. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this really happening? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's fantastic weirdness. It's that movie wears its weird on its sleeve, and it's so, so good. He yeah. commits to it. Oh. Hey, so, you know, if you're going to yeah. do it, do it. Right? Do it, do it. Santa Claus wants some That's so great. All right, that wraps Church another movie. movie showcast. Together with the movie guys individually, we are. Guys. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys on Facebook.com slash the movie guys. a great double take. I, I, do, I do beg our audience to go to Vimeo to make sure to watch this episode because, Paul, you have a very good double take. Well, and I, it's not easy. And no. it's my double doing it. So. Hey, oh. uh, we're also on it, iTunes, of course, Instagram, Google+, all that stuff. And thanks uh, once again to all of our new listeners on WRFA. Yeah. 7.9 in Jamestown, as Karen said, will be there in October. Yeah, contact us if you want to come and watch us record. Uh, that's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Uh, friend of the show, Chris Mulkey, will be performing at Ruskin's in Santa Monica this Monday the 16th. So if you're looking for some at great uh, what, rockabilly type rock music, a real good time concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former Twin Peaks star now fronts a band and he gets it done. And so we're going to that. Uh, and I would check that out Monday the 16th. Uh, thanks to Paul Bunnell. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thanks for stopping in. That was really entertaining. It's been a sincere sensation, and from my bottom to my heart, I just want to say thank you, guys. <laughs> and let me just say, if you yes. guys would like to find the ghastly love of Johnny X, yes. you can go to my website, and there's links to, it's on Amazon, but you go to www.johnnyxmovie.com. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-X-movie.com. Nice. Right. Is there any kind of social media Be there or be square, stuff? you know what I mean? Huh? Social media oh, or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on Facebook, Twitter. You know, I, I, I do the thing. You know, I get you hooked up. Yeah. Uh, thanks, I get, so you, also, <laughs> I get you, you can get us on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I got connections. <laughs> thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Next week, we'll play uh, a show that we're taping. Or movieguys.net. Either way. Either one. Either exactly. one. You're listening. Either one. Right. That. We've established uh, Next week's show, well, we're taping it this Sunday at Weedonopolis yeah. with yeah. special guests and all sorts of reports from the con. Nice. We will see you then. Yay. Now, Paul, I know you're excited about being on the 150th episode, but yeah. rehearsals don't count. So let's get this uh, ironed out. We'll do it for real. I'll come back on 300, okay? <laughs>